Hi, Craig Wilson here, and thanks for joining me for the latest Making the Media podcast. Now, sustainability may not be the first thing you consider when you think about your production. It's much more likely to be the story or the visuals, or just how you're going to get the whole thing done. But the impact of our industry on the planet is coming more into focus, and initiatives are now in place to help bring down the carbon footprint of our work. This is something which has been pioneered in the UK over the last decade through the work of what is known as ALBERT, initially part of the BBC, but now part of the British Academy of Film and Television Arts, or BAFTA, this year it launched a news consortium. But what does it do? And how does it help the industry understand the impact of their work on the planet? I have two guests on the podcast to explore all of this. Shortly, we'll hear from Joe Finnan from Sky Sports in the UK. But we begin by talking to Katie Murdoch from Albert, who I asked to set out the organisation's aims. We've got two specific um, aims at Albert. One is to help the industry to eliminate their negative impact. So things like emission, carbon emissions and waste. And the other one is to help enable creatives to in turn inspire audiences for a sustainable future for all. So it's recognising the industry's got a carbon footprint and you know, an does does cause environmental damage. So we need to get our own house in order. But it's also recognizing that there's an opportunity here for us to use our huge influence for for good and for this um, re really existential crisis that we're facing um, as a human as humanity. I mean, people might associate you know large carbon footprints with you know, oil companies, you know, kind of um, energy producers, things like that. So is is the carbon footprint of the, the creative sector such a, a large concern uh, for, uh, for, for us to have to, to deal with? Different genres actually come with different carbon footprints. So comparing a feature film that comes in and with these huge generators and films, you know, in quite rural locations with huge crew and travel them around for months on end because they only film, you know, three minutes of content a day uh, compared to a studio entertainment show that runs on renewable energy where they film eight quiz shows back to back, you know, it's very, very different. So every genre comes with a different impact, but it's, it's not insignificant and the whole of the UK has this um, net zero legislation now that we all need to adhere to and our industry is not um, exempt but yeah you're quite right like the, our, our industry isn't the biggest emitter in the world but the, our, the public's eyes are on us to lead by example because we are the ones who, who influence really um, so that's why it's important to to both utilise that um, inspirational, aspirational impact that we have for good, showing the audiences all of these um, behaviours that they can take on themselves to to assist and 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 you know do their own part. But we've got to get our own house in order, otherwise we just look like hypocrites, really. And so, what in practical terms can Albert do and advise people within the industry? It's that old management uh, idiom, isn't it? That you've got you can't manage until you measure. So we've we first of all um, have a carbon footprinting tool, which allows at the production level for a production to 
to work out what the emissions are going to be associated with their production. So they will plug in things like how many hotel rooms they're going to use, how many air miles they think they're going to use. We have a carbon action plan that that is really user friendly, talks um, the teams through actions that they can do to then reduce those emissions. Um, And then ultimately we have a certification scheme that allows a production to certify as sustainable sustainable if they've done all the right actions so that's on that those those tools are therefore helping with that first aim of of reducing carbon footprinting but in terms of helping creatives and the industry with this inspirational piece we've got other other quite exciting tools actually we do um we're just about to release our new planet test uh setting a kind of bar or a standard really to say Look, if your um, production is at all talking about any of any topic that's key to the transition to a sustainable society, and that doesn't have to be a, to- a show about the, the planet, you know, it can be a show about homes or cooking or fashion, because we've got to change our behaviour in all of these areas, right, to solve climate change. So it talks creatives through, via a kind of fun quiz, really, through what they uh, they can do make suggestions on, on what content they can um, be incorporating to assist we're not saying you need to go out and only tell climate change stories it doesn't need to be that explicit it can be done in a much more you know implicit way um, and we've got others we've got training and events and do um, some quite fun reports really on the on the content side of things as well so tools for both aims because I guess part of it is, I think we spoke a little bit before about public service broadcasting here in the UK, and people associate public service broadcasting with things like the provision of news, when in reality, dealing with social issues is actually something that any strand of programming can do. I mean, if a soap, for example, you know, was to, was to cover issues related to climate change, I guess that would fall, you know, directly in that kind of influencing aim that, uh, that you have within Albert. Yeah, I'm glad you you use that as an example. I think it's a really good one. Um, we can come to news in a minute because it has its role and they're perhaps not doing as well as they could do. But not all audiences watch news and not all audiences watch sport. And quite a vast, a vast amount of people do watch EastEnders or you know, Coronation Street in Emmerdale. And you you could incorporate a story within the dialogue there about say climate migrants which would be really um, fruitful for lots and lots of interesting storytelling and characters and things but also you could just have a character driving an electric vehicle not even mentioning climate change or anything to do with sustainability it just becomes the the sort of backdrop for for a new normal really. So we talked a little bit about news there. Um, and one thing I know that has been launched um, fairly recently within Albert is a news initiative. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. Yes, the way Albert is is funded is that we have a, a directorate who are larger broadcasters um, working in the UK and globally who are responsible for our strategy. Below that, we have a, a huge consortium of larger production companies, as well as some of those producing broadcasters. And we meet quarterly and uh, we, they're the people who use our tools and we really work to, to really serve them, if you like, to make sure that what we're providing really helps them with their own sustainability. 
we the consortium is huge we've we've now got um close to 100 members so we've we've split it out into genres and we have a news consortium and a sports consortium recognizing the unique challenges and opportunities of those areas of broadcast so the news consortium was launched in january um with with the likes of sky news and, and itn sitting on it and others and they as i said we meet quarterly and we've just launched some training for journalists um, to, to get them to recognise where perhaps they could be doing more and what news reporting on climate could look like um, and should look like in 2021. And in terms of things like news as a carbon footprint, because news you know, tends to be quite high volume of programming, but in relatively fixed locations. But of course, people do travel. You know, if a story breaks somewhere, you people do travel to get to places. So is it advice around things like travel, things like emissions that you, you try to help them with, as well as that educational part? Yeah, for sure. And again, they do need to practice what they preach if they're going to start putting climate the climate angle into all sorts of news content, then we they need to also get their own house in order. And again, you are absolutely right. You've identified that it is travel and the energy, which are the large largest parts of a carbon footprint, making up news content. And you know, there's less so in the in, in kind of waste, say, in materials if you compare it to drama. Um, so it is about helping newsrooms to switch to renewable energy suppliers and to put in place sort of travel policies. We've seen under COVID uh, across the board, across all genres, really, uh, the utilisation of more remote filming. Um, I don't know about you, but I loved seeing Jon Snow's bookshelf during <laughs> lockdown. Um, utilization more of, of cloud and local crews as well and all these things help um, reduce travel and it's not just about you know using electric vehicles news vehicles um, it's also about reducing news travel and, and you know people are really engaged in that actually um, you know want to work in a sustainable way so how are companies actually putting this into practice and how do they ensure that this is much more than a simple box ticking exercise? Let's hear now from Joe Finnan from Sky Sports. Sky as a whole has been um, incredibly progressive when it comes to the environment um, and, and of course inclusion as well. Um, but with the environment, they they uh, led the way really on that. I think they were the, one of the first media companies to um, go carbon neutral uh, in something like 2004, 2006. Um, so, and they were also the first, I believe, the first broadcaster to set their net zero targets. So to be net zero by 2030. So um, it's massively important to Sky. We are really progressive with it. We're really driving the change. And um, what's great is that other broadcasters are absolutely um, running with this as well so we're all we're all on the, going on in the same trajectory which is brilliant um you've got the corporate strategy you have the needs of production how do you then translate this the two things together to make a, a practical difference i guess to what, what production does so we started with the plastics which was which was uh just an obvious one because you you were looking at it as just very wasteful but um and actually it it didn't have a big impact on production. It was something that we could find a very, we could find a um, a good alternative, which was the water coolers or the um, reusable coffee cups and things like that. So it was 
implementing change which didn't have an effect on production but um, was uh, tangible. So people actually saw this. But yes, absolutely, we started with plastics, and but the elephant in the room was a massive diesel generator that the traditional broadcasts were running off, right? So we always knew that this was not this was not the it we've got to absolutely make um make more significant changes but that can never ever be at the detriment of the production we always need to make sure that sky sports has got to set ourselves an incredibly high standard of broadcast and we would never jeopardize that for anything that we introduce from um to uh improve environmental standards so um everything that we do we make sure we test and triple triple test um so things are sometimes a bit slow in the process and we need to make sure that things are introduced in a sustainable manner we don't just um, have one-off things we always make sure that uh, things that we introduce are long-lasting so anything that we introduce on one sport we always try to make sure that that's then available on other sports so um, things like uh, biofuel for example we we um, initially in 2018, we moved to uh, the best fuel available at that time, which was a gas to liquid fuel in all our outside broadcast generators. We knew that that wasn't the end goal here. Um, we knew that uh, that was still wasn't a sustainable fuel, that was still a fossil fuel. But in the meantime, we, was re we were researching, so it was the best option at that point. Um, in beginning of this year we were able to uh, test and roll out um, a biofuel in our generators which is massive like that means that our industry our sky sports productions have moved away from fossil fuels within our outside broadcast generators that's that's such a such a move for us and also for us to lead the industry in that that actually we're showing that we we have got um the faith in this fuel that um, we are endorsing it and other people have picked this up as well. You, you described there the work with with you know generators and going from one fuel to 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 another. Is it the case that you have to accept at the moment that things that you introduce perhaps aren't perfect, but they're better than the alternatives you've been doing and they're part of a journey for you to get to to, to the next place you want to get to? Absolutely. It will always be a journey. And we know we know what our end goal is. Our end goal is that we use shore power or stadium power. Um, we don't want to have to be driving around generators around the country. We want to be using local infrastructure, but we're not there yet. And until we're there, then we've got to try and find the most um, sustainable, uh, sustainable option. So that um, all of this is a journey and um, we've got to that's where that's where it's tricky because we've got to look around to see actually what is the next move what is available and always open for ideas on that and which um, that's what's really exciting is that uh, we are we're engaging our staff so this is not just on me this is um, absolutely part of everyone that works at Sky and specifically Sky Sports they are aware of Sky Zero, our um, net zero strategy, net zero carbon by 2030. They are aware of how important all of this is. We've got representatives across the operational department and editorial um, so that people within each department, they've got a spokesperson, they've got an in to me so that we are all thinking about this. This is everyone's responsibility to actually think about how we can improve things and what could be our next our next green solution for whatever whatever the um, issue is. 
Because I guess with, with something like that, it's important to embed this within the, within the organisation and not just see this perhaps as a box ticking exercise. Yeah, or Joe's issue. You know, like it can't. So if I got, like, if I got knocked over by a bus tomorrow, like I don't want this to just fall down and not be embraced anymore. We, um, that's not sustainable in itself. We need to in, in, in encourage ownership. Um, and that's when that's when it gets really exciting. Staff engagement with this is key. Um, if you can't have a if you can't have a Joe, <laughs> then at least you can get your staff engaged and get them uh, get some champions there to really drive changes to your own company. A side effect, I guess, if you like, from COVID, of course, has been the move to more remote production. And I guess one of the other things that also does is it potentially opens you up to more diverse staff because you're looking for people who perhaps live in other locations but are able to carry out the job working remotely absolutely absolutely so the um the opportunities for remote production are are brilliant so uh we've got yeah so you've got the opportunity to encourage uh we want we want to encourage regionality so um yes we've got um our production hub at Osterley but also we are looking at what could be in the future for um, some regional um, options uh, specifically around like Scotland or those kind of areas um, but uh, crewing as well that's that's absolutely key we from a um, operational perspective and so the camera operators sound the, the people still on the ground when it comes to remote production we um, we still need those people and we want to encourage regionality as much as possible. We don't want the uh, the, the northern people driving all the way down south um, because that's not sustainable. It's not good also from a well-being perspective and a work-life balance. One thing that you mentioned there was, you know, looking at new technologies, you know, IP technologies, looking at cloud technologies. And I think, you know, some people look at cloud technology and think, well, this is a way where I can save on power and cooling. I can save on office space because I'm moving something out of my own facility. But I guess from an environmental perspective, there is still an environmental impact of working in the cloud. So I'm wondering what your view is on that. Everything that you do, you have to review um, where the energy is moved to, right? So that's something we're still very early days with that and making sure that the people that we're working with um, are uh, reputable credit uh, credential wise um, because yes you're absolutely right that people think oh it's out of our hands but no we are still responsible for the carbon that that is um, producing so we need to absolutely be auditing that um, we are very early in our auditing stages uh, when it comes to production. We we only started that in 2019, um, so the the impact of cloud technology is um, is very new to us. Uh, but we we're aware that uh, we we need to be we are responsible for that. We can't just forget about that and all that's uh, that says cloud cloud supplier problem actually know that's part of our production that's something that we are we're talking to Albert about we're talking to um uh, other other people are about to absolutely under try to understand uh what that impact is and actually what the concerns are there um and what what you need to ask as a supplier so is that uh, the first, our starting point is always, are they on renewable energy? What are they doing as a company when it comes to their own offices? What are they doing from a, um, a staff credential perspective, the um, uh, modern slavery initiatives and um, all of that uh, inclusion, inclusive work, 
recruitment. So it's there are benchmarks, but there's always new things that are coming up. One other thing that's a kind of constant, and this is something we spoke to Katie about, is, is news. And I know news is a new initiative that, that Albert have, and with Sky Sports News, it, it now falls into to, to part of your, your portfolio as well. So it, is it the case that for different types of genres, you have to look at different ways that these kind of uh, initiatives can be applied yeah and what's impactful for that genre as well or that production so something like sports news is incredibly efficient those that department is is fantastic when it comes to their footprint so for us to so um for us to understand their footprint has been um that's we're on that journey we've we've started reviewing that we've done a couple of um albert certified events like transfer deadline day um recently um but so now we understand what our footprint is and we need to see actually how we can make um uh, impacts for something like newsrooms that's more around the infrastructure of the studios or the um building that that's in place sky sky is actually quite an efficient uh building in itself so we're we're winning on that one um so then it's it's about your travel policies and um uh, the equipment that people are working are using but actually new news in itself is a really brilliant case study because it is so efficient and they're so used to being um streamlined in the way that they operate so i mean sky sports is obviously you know a large you know producer of content but it's only one um and the industry in the uk i think albert has been around for about 10 years now and, and various different initiatives have come in so is it also the case that you look elsewhere in the industry for best practice and look to see things which are being done in other places that potentially you could implement absolutely so we we can't just introduce one thing and sit back and say jobs done like let's let's put our feet up we need to be getting inspiration we need to be thinking about what's the next thing next thing um we we do talk to other broadcasters um other broadcasters are absolutely doing some great things there um the bbc had a hydrogen generator on spring watch i want to say um which is really interesting that's absolutely something that um We've, we've reviewed um, and that might be something that we look to do in the future. Currently, that's not something that works for us at the moment, but we, we it's exciting that other people are thinking about this, what else is available. Um, but sadly, there's actually not that much new going on in our industry at the moment. So I'm, I'm actually looking for inspiration elsewhere. So I look at the, um, the event industry as well to see actually what what they're doing is there anything that we can piggyback off with those um traveling circuses that they have which are very similar to actually a, a, a sports outside broadcast so while this is all extremely positive i wondered if there were times when there were pushback from productions let's hear from katie again considering we do ten thousand carbon footprints per year for productions we get very few complaints but there are some and they're always around the time it's taken um, to, to complete certification it's falling on the, the shoulders largely of production teams like production coordinators um, so it's sort of an added thing that they've now got to do a bit like health and safety was or you know the risk assessment was a few years ago there was sort of uproar about that and now it's part of everyone's job um, the other, the, the people though that are complaining about this this time it takes, 
Um, and I, I must stress, it's very, very few. It, I can count on one hand how many we've had this year, how many complaints. It's often on fairness grounds. So people who are in regions saying, well, I'm producing, I've got to produce, you know, and shoot in, say, Scotland. Um, so how do I get around the no domestic travel uh, flights um, kind of rule? So there, there are kind of fairness arguments as well. And I think that's quite interesting human psychology isn't it because it's often often the uh, the cause of argument but is it seen as something now that's more than you know you talked about health and safety there i think for a while health and safety was seen as a box ticking exercise so i'm interested now that this is seen as not a box ticking exercise it actually seen as something that's fundamental to the right way of doing things yeah and there's huge amount bodies of of research um out with Albert that say, you know, there's there's much more employee retention and engagement if you um, are working in a sustainable manner. People want to you could do their bit at home and at work. So I think it's it because of the public consensus around the importance of climate change, I think it is definitely by and large seen as more than a box ticking exercise. And, and has it also helped the fact that this is also seen to be very much coming from the top. You've talked about the different organisations that are involved. You've talked about the support that comes from them. And I guess it has to come from, from that kind of area first in order for it to then be sustainable through the rest of the production chain. I think it's great that there's these mandates. Um, I think we could do with a little bit more regulation. Um, but these mandates come from the very top levels of the broadcasters, but straight to production. And I think there's probably this this middle level of management that needs to be seen to be doing more perhaps by production teams. So uh, i.e. execs and commissioners to be taking on their, their own piece of the puzzle. Cause I think at the lot at the moment, there's still a lot of uh, responsibility falling on individual production teams, small freelancers, smaller production companies. And um, if, if execs step in and, and make up the rules, then it's, there's less onus on production managers having to tell DOPs and directors and you know, senior news journalists that, that this is how they've got to travel or this is, you know, what they've got to do. So I think that middle management need to do their piece too. Now, it wouldn't be a Making the Media podcast without that final question, would it? So just what is it that keeps Joe and Katie awake at night? Here's Katie first. I worry for our industry that we're going to hemorrhage young audiences if we don't start putting the climate into all sorts of stories, because this is what they really care about. And the industry is, it's already a big risk to the industry that they're not relevant to younger people. And if we keep showing private flying, uh, private jets as aspirational, fast fashion, then we're going to continue to lose those audiences. So I, I really want the industry to see this as an opportunity to uh, remain relevant. For me, it's the what's next. Like that really does keep me awake. That really, that's that's always in the back of my mind. It's that I need to be getting the inspiration. I need to be thinking about actually what's next because we've, we've, we've um we grabbed that low hanging fruit now now the now the challenges are the 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 big big operational changes and actually that starts to get uh um 
more interesting and um, some some could say more complicated. It's more interesting, um, but it's it's actually uh, implementing changes there is is going to be um, really really interesting because it's going to be more around workflow or new technology and um, it's that that for me is uh, is exciting and nerve wracking because it's it's totally uncharted waters. We we don't know what's next. We need and um, it's it's up to me to go and find it. So any help anyone would be really useful. I'd like to thank both Katie and Joe for their contributions to the episode. I hope it's prompted a lot of thinking about what can be done now and in the future to make our industry more sustainable. And if you think others would be interested, then please subscribe and of course, share the podcast to your friends and colleagues. Let me know what you think. Feel free to get in touch. I'm on both Twitter and Instagram. My username is craigaw1969 or email us. Our address is makingthemedia at avid.com. If you want to find out more, then check out the show notes. There you'll find some information regarding remote productions and how organisations are looking to take advantage of things like working from home or working remotely in general. You can also hear a podcast with one news general manager talking about how they've put in place measures to help their own staff well-being. That's all from the podcast for this time. Thanks to my producer, Matt Diggs. Thanks as always to you for listening. Join me next time for more Making the Media. Making the Media.